The Christian Atheist is also available on YouTube, and you will find other great content, including the literature I frequently refer to, on our Simple Gifts podcast. If you find our content helpful, consider supporting us through PayPal at RomansChapter5 at Comcast.net. Welcome to the Christian Atheist, where faith and reason fuse in the Incarnation. Episode number 30, What is an Atheist? Part 3. As I mentioned before, my understanding of atheism as an atheist was the assertion, the faith, that God or gods do or does not exist. For reasons we've discussed over the last two episodes, some atheists are uncomfortable with this definition, as it claims too much. Atheists acknowledge the impossibility of proving this assertion. Not being able to prove it, they retreat to a position that can be defended. The one Christopher Hitchens expressed. That atheism asserts that there is no convincing reason or evidence for God's existence. Putting the problem on an inductive, logical footing. Last time, We argue that defining atheism in this manner really collapses into agnosticism, not atheism at all, leaving one final definition for atheism to examine this edition. That definition? Atheism is a lack of belief in God or gods. For brevity, I will truncate the definition to lack of belief in God, But it should be remembered that polytheism, too, is a form of theism, and I do not mean to exclude it at this level of analysis. First, we should clarify what is meant here. In retreating from the robust definition of atheism as the denial that God exists, the first definition we examined, the atheist hopes to gain two advantages. First, They seek to avoid the impossible burden of proof, of certainty, that Christians and atheists constantly throw at one another in debates, as did Christopher Hitchens to William Lane Craig in the Biola University debate. Quote, After all, Dr. Craig, to win this argument, has to prove to certainty. He's not just saying there might be a God, because he has to say that there must be one. Otherwise, we couldn't be here, and there couldn't be morality. It's not a contingency for him. End quote. We can dispense with such silliness by seeding that neither side in this debate can prove to certainty, and that neither side needs to. What is at issue in the dichotomy between theism and atheism is faith, not certainty. Atheists do not want to be mere agnostics. They want something stronger than ambivalence or indecision in the face of theism. When I began the path to atheism, I no longer thought my reasons for believing in God justified faith, which made me agnostic. I did not become an atheist until I took an additional step, a leap of faith analogous to theism. It required a departure from the certainty, we cannot know if God exists or not, of agnosticism. It is this leap of faith 
that the third proposed definition for atheism means to deny. As atheists wish to elevate themselves above the belief structures of religion. Whatever else atheists want to think about themselves, they don't want to be believers. This is the second advantage that atheists hope to gain by retreating to this third definition. As a lack of belief is meant to deny that they are believers at all. But what does it mean to have a lack of belief? There are two possibilities. Here we face a formidable obstacle, as a lack, or lacuna, is an emptiness of something. That is, a lack is a lack only on the positive foundation of an awareness of what is lacking. I can only say that my wife is absent from the room if I am first aware of my wife's existence. Of course, from an outside perspective, someone else might observe that a person or group of people lack a belief in God. But this lack would not be something those who lack the belief would be aware of. For them, the very notion of God is absent. As such, these people neither choose to believe, nor not to believe, and they certainly would not call themselves atheist. For them, there was no choice available, which is what this understanding of lack of belief indicates. You can neither believe nor disbelieve in that of which you have no awareness. It would be like asking a medieval intellectual about black holes. Having no notion of what a black hole is, he could neither believe nor disbelieve, nor even be agnostic on the topic. For us, he would lack belief. But in no way could he characterize himself as lacking belief in black holes. What sense, then, does this assertion make for the atheist in our society? The idea of God is not missing from atheist consciousness. While we might apply the term atheist in this sense to someone who has no notion of a supernatural being, and with this application I could have no argument, no self-described atheist can apply it in this sense to themselves. Indeed, the very term atheist assumes awareness of the notion of God. There is another way to interpret the phrase, of course. When an atheist asserts that they, quote, lack belief in God, I can accept their assertion as a statement about what they believe concerning God's existence, but not as a claim to ignorance about the idea of God. Knowledge of a proposition indicates an epistemic choice to believe the proposition, theism, to deny it, atheism, or to take no position on it, agnosticism. Thus, asserting this definition makes no advance to the available options for defining atheism. As the attempt to hide the faith of atheism, it fails when we see it clearly. One must actively choose a position on the proposition when once one is aware of it. Once the proposition is broached, there can be no passive lack of belief. The attempt, as Jean-Paul Sartre, one of the 20th century's premier atheist voices, said, is in bad faith. I do not intend this 
as an argument against atheism, but rather against a definition of it that cannot logically stand. Atheism cannot be defined as a lack of belief in God for those who call themselves atheist. Logic forbids it. In seeking to define atheism thus far, we've observed an ongoing flight from honest self-appraisal, an attempt to verbally deceive self and others. Atheists are caught on the horns of a dilemma. Either acknowledge their faith that there is no God, definition one, their epistemic equality with other believers, or cease calling themselves atheists and join the ranks of honest agnostics. I myself faced this dilemma while researching my dissertation and acknowledged my atheism as faith. It was, for me, a vital step on the way back to Christ. But it need not be, as Sartre was a lifelong atheist who acknowledged, indeed taught me, this fact. Truth, I argue, is worth the sacrifice, even if it costs us a great deal. In addition, honesty with ourselves is really the foundation of honesty with others. And truly being honest with ourselves is an ongoing struggle, no matter how successful we may be in attempting it. I have no doubt that my own life is still full of self-deceptive structures. In many ways, I see the function of human rationality to center on the telos, or end, of aligning ourselves with truth, with lying neither to ourselves or others, with, as the Apostle John said, doing truth. There is, thus, another, and for me far more fascinating way to approach this definition for atheism. If what we believe is most clearly revealed in what we do, rather than in our words or rationalizations, there is a way in which I think this definition could be effective and even helpful. I would like to dedicate the remainder of our time exploring this line of thought. Jordan Peterson has said repeatedly when asked about his belief in God that he lives as if God exists. This idea was, for me, a direct extension of the Socratic idea that what we believe is most clearly evident in our actions rather than in what we say or think. Perhaps my listeners will remember, too, how critical this idea was in my return to Christ, as explained in the Machinery of the Looking Glass series. We human beings have an amazing capacity to lie to ourselves, to think we believe things that, in fact, we don't. But this requires that we be open to understanding belief differently than we usually do. Depth psychology is, at least in part, an attempt to explain this dichotomy. Jean-Paul Sartre called this ability bad faith. The philosophical idea of integrity, too, points to our ability to live disconnected, practical, and intellectual or rational existences. Plato, Socrates, and Aristotle made much of the practice of eliminating contradictions in what we say we believe and how we act. The person with integrity unifies their thoughts, beliefs, and actions, 
searching out and seeking to eliminate contradictions between the two. Keeping this in mind, we can process this last definition of atheism in an interesting new way. It cannot save the atheist from the logical conclusion that atheism is belief. But if by lack of belief in God, we mean living as if God does not exist, an active rather than a passive understanding of faith, then atheism is not the denial of a proposition, exactly as they claimed in their flight to our second definition, but a matter of objective life choices. The atheist, then, is one who lives as if God does not exist. Now, this seems promising. What, however, does it mean to live as if God does not exist? We'll tackle this question next time. I am a Christian with the searching and skeptical mind of an atheist. I don't want to believe anything that isn't true. I know both sides of the looking glass and I know them with open eyes. I choose Christ's side. I invite you to join me from wherever you stand before the looking glass. That's this week's episode. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can have your religious cake and eat it too. You can have reason, respect for science, a 21st century worldview, and be a Christian.